prayers for your day. This is Danita, and today is Wednesday, February the 24th, 2021. As always, I give thanks to our Father in heaven for you, for what he is doing in your life now, for what he has already done in your life, and for the many, many things that he will continue to do from this day forth not only in your life, but in the lives of those that God has divinely connected to you. Your family is divinely connected to you. You didn't have a choice in your family, but your family is divinely connected to you. The people who live around you, the people you work with, the people um, that you frequent, um, you know, in different places. Maybe you don't know them personally, but you know their face. The people that you encounter at the grocery store, you share a word or you ask, hey, you know, how are you doing today? Your congregation where you praise and worship God, the places, you know, the, the neighborhood stores and you know, the gas stations, all of those places that you frequent are connected to you, and God has called you to be in prayer for or in prayer about. And so I thank God for those things because you may be the chosen vessel that God uses that while you're pumping your gas, even if someone is robbing, is thinking about robbing the place, or thinking about doing something to somebody that's in close proximity to you because you're there. They they keep driving, and they, they're not even sure why they keep driving, but because you're there, because you're there, the Lord and, and his warring angels will not allow the enemy to attack, will, will hold up a standard against the enemy. And we thank God for that. Sometimes we have to think about the places that we've been and how we've heard that something has happened. And we think, man, I I was just over there. I used to go over there. You know, it it may be that it wasn't that, you know, um, that, that you missed it by chance, but that God had set it up that while you were there, while you were in the vicinity, while you were in the, the neighborhood, then God didn't let anything, didn't let anything come that way. And and we thank God for that. We thank God for his amazing grace, for his mercy. And I thank God for his long suffering towards me and towards those that I love. I thank God that he doesn't just cut us down when we make a mistake, but instead he gives us opportunity to repent and he gives us an opportunity to get our lives right. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful because if we're wise, if we're wise and if we operate in godly wisdom, that we understand that the wisdom that God gives us is for a, a, a mid a mid flight a midlife correction. A lot of times, you know, people call it a midlife crisis, and I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, but sometimes people call it a midlife crisis, but really, it's a I feel like it's a midlife correction. It's a midlife correction, and often what you find is you will find a lot of things people 
they, they hurry up and they feel like they, they, they need to get their natural life right. They feel like they haven't spent the first part of their natural life right. And so it's a rush to get their natural life right. It's a rush to get, you know, the things that they didn't get earlier on. Usually it's very um, materialistic because usually when you hear of a midlife crisis, it's always something negative. Uh, you know, people start spending money like they've never spent it before. Um, often divorce will happen at that midlife uh, point. It's usually never really positive uh, when you think about it because in, in those decisions, there are some casualties that are left be, left behind in those decisions to uh, make, you know, people happy in their midlife. There are usually some casualties. Usually some people get hurt when a person has a midlife crisis. But I believe that it's a mid-light, it's a mid, mid-flight, uh, it's a mid-flight um, time in our lives where God is asking us to change direction. Because anything that we didn't do in the first half of our life, it's usually because we did it without God. We tried to get married without God being the foundational piece of our life. We tried to fix things ourselves. We tried to go into our boss's uh, office or our supervisor's office and tell them what they should and should not do, and maybe they let us go because we we couldn't control that. We usually, in the first half of our life, we try to operate our lives as if it is our own. But the mid-flight, not, you know, mid-life uh, crisis, um, but, you know, when you think about it, you know, thank you, Holy Spirit, instead of mid-life crisis, it's only like mid-life with Christ. If, if we do it right, thank you, Holy Spirit, it's, a, it's, a, it's mid-life with Christ. God is calling to us at that mid-life point in our life that we need to do it with Christ or we won't make it. We, that midlife crisis is really midlife with Christ. See, the devil will always try to take something good and try to give us a counterfeit, and it always leads to negativity. It always leads to casualties. No matter how you you want to spin it, no matter how other people try to spin it, midlife crisis leads to midlife casualties when God is really calling us to live, start our midlife with Christ to start all over again, but this time do it with me. You know, this time when you got a job situation, handle it with me. This time in your marriage, not saying divorce or separate, but start anew. You can begin a new thing in the marriage you had. Of the devil will make you think that you got to start all over. But that starting all over sometimes, usually there's a casualty involved when people. Uh, have a fire and they have to, you know, people have to build a new a new house. Usually, if, if they didn't want to, it's because there was something that happened. But sometimes God allows things to happen so that you can start it anew. It's always harder to clean up a mistake than it is to start something new. So I don't know why I went there, but praise God for it. But we're going to jump into the book of Hosea. Amen. That word was for somebody today, or maybe it was just for me. Nonetheless, I praise God for his word, uh, a quick word on this morning. But we want to talk about the book of Hosea. As you know, I'm already driving. 
I have to be at work and I have a meeting and there were some things that I, I had to do before I left the house this morning. But in chapter one, at the end of chapter one, no, mid-end of chapter one, I'm going to sum it up. We know that God told Hosea the prophet to go marry an unfaithful woman and take take unto her her and her children, right? So not only did he have to marry an adulterous woman, but he also had to take the children that were going to be born out of wedlock. So the next few verses gives us the name that God told Hosea to name the children. And the name of the children was not something positive. You know, usually we got all names. We, we got names. The names mean things. And we, we take pride in those names. Well, I'm driving, so I can't read to you the word, but read it for yourself. The names aren't positive names. They're names that make you go, wow, you know, who would name their their child that? That's not a positive name. That's not a name like Faith or a name like Joy that reminds us of who God is and who God has called us to be. You know, these names are pretty negative, but yet, Hosea named the children that anyway. Then we see that God tells Hosea that he is going to deliver Judah. And he said he's not going to deliver Judah by sword or by horsemen or by any of the things that the people would need in order to fight this war. He says, but Judah will be delivered by the Lord God. And I want to share this with you often. Well, two things. First, about the children. There's no indication when the Bible says that Gomer bore this child and to name them this. We don't know if Hosea was their birth father. All right? We already know she's going to step out on her husband. So we don't even know if he's the natural father, the biological father, right? But yet we know that he is in the picture. Because God is telling him what to name the children. So remember that. God said take her and her children. Meaning she's going to have multiple children, more than one, outside of her marital, outside of her covenant relationship. All right? So we know that even when she's, the word says that name, name her child this, she bore a child and after she weaned the child, we still don't know. There's no indication that Hosea is the biological father. Now, how many of us are already saying, oh, man, not only did she possibly have one baby on him, but she had two, and he's still in the picture. Then God talks about Judah and what he's going to do for Judah and how God is going to deliver Judah but not by man's power. And often we talk about that God needs a people to do his will. And and I guess the word shouldn't be need. He desires for a people to do his will in the earth. Let it be in earth as it is in heaven. But the reality is God doesn't need us. He chooses for us to be used, we all have an assignment, we're all here for a purpose, we're all here for a reason. He chooses 
okay? He chooses us to have a purpose, but he doesn't need us. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life, and there are still times in my life I have resolved. I have come to the resolution and come to the conclusion that, God, if you don't do it, it won't be done. I don't have any more else to give. I don't have any more else to offer. It can't be by by my power, by my might, but it has to be by your spirit. And sometimes in life, that's exactly how God wants it. He doesn't want us to do anything else but just to know that when it's done, it's going to be because he did it. It's not going to be by sword. It's not going to be by horsemen, by chariot, okay? It's not going to be because of our mouths. It's not going to be because, of, you know, yeah, we told her, we, we, hey, I told my wife she needed to blah, 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 or I told my husband he needed to blah, 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 or I told that job that they were going to have to do this or else I was going to find me. Uh-uh. God said it's not going to be by any of that, by any of that. I'm going to deliver Judah by my hand. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today, oh God. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise for being our God, for being our Lord, for being our Savior, for being the lover of our soul. We thank you, oh God, on this morning. Hallelujah. Because you are great and greatly to be praised. How excellent is your name, oh God. And how we make your name great in the earth on this morning. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for another day. Hallelujah. We thank you for the midlife with Christ in the name of Jesus. For those of us, God, who are in our midlife, for those of us who are approaching our midlife or wherever we are in life, God, we declare and decree that we are doing life with you. Hallelujah. We declare and decree, oh God, that for Christ we live and for Christ we die. Hallelujah. We declare and decree on today, oh God, that we don't want to take another breath without you. We declare and decree on today, oh God, that we don't want it, oh God, if you're not in it. We declare and decree, oh God, Hallelujah, that we don't want to be a part of anything that you have not divinely orchestrated in our lives, whether it be for our good or whether it be to grow us up. Hallelujah, because we know that even when the enemy means it for bad, that you turn around and you work it out for our good. God, we thank you for your word, because in your word you give us a glimpse of the love that you have called each and every one of us to have, the love that you called for Hosea to have with Gomer, the agape love, Heavenly Father, is the same love that you have called for us to have towards one another. God, we can't imagine the pain that he had to endure watching his wife bear children from that of another man. 
God, we don't know the pain that many of us have had to endure when the doctor has come in with a report. We don't know the pain that many of us have had to endure because of failed relationships. We don't know what many of us have had to endure because of betrayal from loved ones and from friends. We don't know what many of us have had to endure because of disappointments. We don't know what many of us have had to endure because of grief and loss. But God, we know, we know that you said that you would never leave us nor forsake us. God, we know that you said that you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Hallelujah, God. We know that you said, hallelujah, that if you be for us, that you are more than the world against us. God, we know that you said that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, God, as we read your word, as we meditate on your word, as we chew on your word, we know that you are for us. We know, oh God, hallelujah, that anything that happens in our life, you don't do it to hurt us. The tears that we cry, God, are not to hurt us, but they are calls for us to realize that you are sovereign, to know that you have us, to know that even with the tears flowing down our face, that you are holding us up, that you are comforting us, and that every battle belongs to you. God, your word said that you delivered Judah. Your word said, oh God, that Judah wasn't going to be able to, to have to do anything naturally, but that you would do it. Just like you did with the children of Israel, oh God. You fought every battle. You made it, God, that the that their shoes, <laughs> that their shoes didn't even get worn out. That they had food to eat, oh God. You made it so. And we know that you are making it so for us. God, you are calling us to a higher place of love. You are calling us to a higher place of accountability. And in some cases, oh God, just like Daniel, you are calling us to walk alone, to walk the narrow way, to walk in the single file line so that we can see the great vision, so that we won't be distracted, so that we won't lose sight of who you are and whose we are. For your word says, O oh God, that many, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord God delivers him from them all. Just like your word says that you were going to deliver Judah, God, we know that you are delivering us. And we thank you, O oh God, for deliverance. We thank you, O oh God, for being our Lord. And we say again on today that we love you, we honor you, and we glorify your mighty name. 
in Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. 